He's currently running his own healthcare company, Melp, a chat-based online medical questionnaire and also working as a physician. He likes to launch zero-to-one services and computer programming. He would like to develop an ear EEG platform for his next startup. And in case if you are curious about ear EEG, please feel free to contact him. Let us go through the entrepreneurial journey of Kazutaka Yoshinaga. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Friends, I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. And through the Guiding Voice, we drive conversations that matter, conversations that add value to your life and to your career. Successful leaders across the globe share their knowledge and wisdom with the world through our platform. And our audience will acquire more knowledge by tuning into the Guiding Voice per every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me. And today, we are extremely pleased to have Kazu part of our journey. Kazu, I'm super thrilled to host you today. Thank you so much for accepting my invite and thanks for being here. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. So, yeah, Kazu, I'm really curious. You are a doctor turned entrepreneur and you are still continuing the your uh, career in medicine right so can you briefly share your career journey with our audience so that uh, they understand uh, more about you oh okay so my name is Kazu Kocho and I studied um, and I went to medical school and I studied uh, in Japan like six years uh, education for medical school so I studied for six years and then beca- became a doctor uh, in Japan two years internship after graduation so it's kind of rotation period so we have to go to each department to run the process so every month so we wrote I rotated for about two years and then usually when yeah yeah usually people like sit for specialty after that like five years or t- seven years training to become, a, for example, pediatrician or how to say, cardiologist or something or other things. But I am more curious about starting up my own business. So uh, after two years internship, I built up my own company, uh, which is Melp, online healthcare service. And I, I operated for about six years now. So, yeah, uh, I actually sold my company two years ago, but I still work under that company. And I want to start up my next business too. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty much about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about uh, how you sold the company in a while. But uh, before that, uh, I would like to understand from you, what are top three things that have helped you to be successful in your professional life so far? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I say first, my experience for studying for university and like high school examination Thereby, I learned how to make a grit. I mean, how to become more patient. And yeah. So, and the second thing is, I am reading a news list on a Twitter, and that's my routine. But um, pick up ten or so articles every day and tweet a one word summary or of the article or on my thoughts. So that helps me like seeing the essence of the object. And the third thing, I could get many advice how to manage company from senior managers. So th- those three things helped me so far a lot. 
studying at university help you learn being patient <laughs> and reading uh, on on twitter yeah reading on twitter i think twitter has a, a lot of uh, good information and um, these days we see a number of users growing there and uh, yeah i found i i also find it interesting and i i'm a linkedin guy but uh, i still use uh, uh, twitter at least i log in once or twice a day Hmm. see you are a doctor and um, you had some bright career of course you you're still uh, continuing your practice and all but what made you to get into this entrepreneurship stuff when i entered medical university i never thought i would be an entrepreneur or i was raised and grew up in very rural area of japan so i never knew like the career of entrepreneurship but luckily i came to university in Tokyo area so the capital city in Japan so there are many people can can come to this area so i one of my friends or classmates started up his own company um during yeah while he was a medical student and he asked me why not join him so uh, i said yeah that's that's a good idea so uh, first job i did uh, first task i did was like building up like Uh, writing a code and build, developing like computer you know, company website. So that experience was very unique to me because before that I just study and make a good remark. What's my kind of like what I what I was doing so far? But uh, like developing a new homepage was completely different experience. Like creating zero to one, yeah. So that is why I started to think that oh, computer programming and uh, creating zero to one would be more interesting than maybe working as a doctor. So yeah, I thought in the future I want to become a healthcare entrepreneur from that time. Quite interesting. And how did you come up with this name MELP? M E L P. Oh, MELP stands for medical and health, the com- ah. combination of those two words. Mm-hmm. So we want to help. Yeah, the medical piece. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. And uh, yeah, it is easy. And I, I, in fact, I guessed it so. But I wanted to hear from you. And moving mm-hmm. to the next question, did you have any other startup ideas before getting into Melp? Yeah, uh, actually, like uh, Melp is the second big project for me. So before that, that uh, I, I run not a company but project for about three years, which is about IoT, like. Drug adherence device for uh for middle aged people, but it was not um trying yeah when I, it was while I was a university student I didn't know very much about the business and how to monetize those services. But it, at the same time it was like hardware project, so it cost a lot of money, so it didn't work well after three years operation. So and after that I came up with. Other two or three ideas about software ideas like rating doctor system like an Uber medical version, yeah, medical version of Uber or a hospital reservation system. But yeah, I end up I ended up like Melp online healthcare questionnaire service. So, mm. Yeah. Okay. And and what are some toughest lessons that you have learned during this entrepreneurship? What I learned most is uh, it. For me, it's the best to create a product for which I will be the first customer. So, uh, I will, uh, yeah, the product I want to use as, as a first user would be very good because I learned 
computer programming. So I think somehow product out based. So before doing enough marketing research. So I tend to develop more before doing enough research. And then so after making a product, I asked for people, uh, why not use this service? But then it might not, uh, meet the demands of the, yeah, of others. So I thought, yeah, I, yeah, I do not much prioritize on, uh, marketing research innately. Yeah. Because I want to develop more and more. So the product I want to use as a first customer would be very good. So yeah, I'm following that rule. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move to the next one. How did you sell your company and what kind of preparation happened? And okay. uh, did you get any rejections before uh, somebody took over? <laughs> After we operated like three and a half years, we never get got fundraised. But me and one software engineer, those two of us operated our service. And uh, after three years operations, around 200 Japanese hospitals already using our service. So I thought we finished the to one phase and maybe other big companies will buy us. So we tend to like looking for the potential companies to buy our, buy my, our company. But usually in Japan, not only in Japan, I think, but um, agency or like intermediate company will look for the potential company uh, to buy our company. But uh, luckily, during that, at that time, like there's a company, like it's also a big company, but who want to sell our product as a distributor. So I made a contact with that company and I told them that, yeah, I am thinking of selling my company. So then negotiation began. And I thought maybe directly going to the potential company would work. So I, uh, contacted other two or three companies each. And then it became a kind of auction. So, and then, uh, yeah, I chose one from the four companies. So, yeah, which, which has a better condition and no locked up period and so on. So, so it usually takes about six, six months for saying my company in Japan in general, but uh, I did it very quickly because I never got fundraised. So it's very fast to uh, make make a consensus among the company. And also I directly found the potential company. So uh, it took only about one month. So yeah, it was very quick. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's quite uh, interesting to know about the yeah. journey process. And now um, I, I think you are uh, working on your next venture already, this EEG product, right? So how are you approaching the next venture? Oh, thank you. Um, so MEF was a software product and I thought, yeah, and I failed like IoT drug adherence device at first before MEF. So I thought maybe challenging um, hardware device again would be nice. So I came up with EAEs would be good, great, an idea. So which is about, uh, we are creating earphones like this to detect brain waves from the ear, like putting electrodes inside the ear and capture brain waves. We are targeting both for consumers and also medical device. For consumers, like there are four stages of sleeping, like from 
called shallow stages to the deep stages. And then we are, we are trying to like automatically improve sleeping quality just by wearing those earphones by detecting brain waves and doing neurofeedback. And for medical purposes, like there are many abnormal brain waves, like epilepsy or seizure or other like brain disease. Currently, researchers um, cannot measure those subjects' brain waves 24/7 remotely, but by wearing those um, convenient like daily use earphone time brain waves, researchers might know the subjects' brain waves 24/7. So uh, I would like to create those platforms. Yeah. Sounds interesting, Kazu. I think uh, you are here to solve a lot of problems in the industry, and I really love your passion. So, Kazu, is there anything that the TGV community can do for you or for any um, of your projects? Um, yeah. So, we are looking for hardware engineers, especially like analog electrical circuit, and also mm-hmm. signal processing engineers and like software engineers, especially for machine learning to uh, classify like brain waves or sleeping stages. So, uh, anybody who is interested in our product and uh, had skill in those like software and the com- hardware computer programming. Yeah, please contact me. Yeah. Oh, wow. So this is an excellent uh, opportunity to work with uh, Kazu on his next venture. So if somebody is interested, reach out to him through LinkedIn and you'll find uh, his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. All right. So thank you for sharing those details. And it has been great conversation, Kazu. But uh, I would like to add some spice to the episode by asking you a few interesting rapid fire questions. Awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let me kick start with your consent. What was your childhood fantasy, Kazu? Uh, playing with Lego. Yeah. I really like Lego. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Lego. <laughs> Next, what is the best piece of advice that you have received so far? Um, studying English and computer, which was taught by my father when I entered university, and I, I followed not followed his rule, but yeah, I ended up like studying English and computer programming, and that really that was really good. So. Awesome. What is uh, can you can you describe yourself in just one word? Flexible. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Flexible. And uh, what is one life-changing incident that changed your perspective? When I was a university student, I backpacked in India for about three weeks. That changed my perspective that I thought uh, after the journey in India, I thought, yeah, maybe I could live anywhere. I can live anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) India is a beautiful country. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, culture and environment was totally different from Japan. So, yeah, that was a unique experience. I, I understand. I, I understand. And only thing is, uh, you guys are very punctual. So there is something called Indian standard time here, which many people, right, they get delayed by five to 10 minutes and all that is taken for granted. Okay. So I, I don't want to belittle, but um, yeah, over a period of time, as and when more and more corporations uh, started getting into the uh, country, now everybody is joining on time, but uh, typically we have something called Indian Standard Time where people join a little late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe the... Japanese are too punctual. Right? Yeah, I I know because I've uh, gone through uh, my my Lean Six Sigma certification and all all uh, concepts related to Lean and Six Sigma. Majority of them have come from Japan, right? So that's why I have uh, high respect. Uh, 
for Japanese people and you guys uh, rock, you guys rock. Uh, on this note, I would like to ask you one question about um, Japan, like what kind of uh, climate do you have and anything uh, you'd like to share on higher education prospects, anything about uh, Japan? Yeah. Uh, we have four seasons and also, but during the summer, it's very hot and also humid, around 35 degrees to maybe 40 degrees, so it's very hot. Not so comfortable during the summertime, but spring and autumn is the best season. Uh, yeah. So it's better to come to Japan during autumn and spring season. <laughs> and education system, like we have compulsory education until the junior high school, until 15 years old. And most people go to high school and university and enrollment for of university is rate is about 50 to 60 percent. Yeah. But it is, it is said that Japanese university is difficult to get into because like examination is very tough to get into, but very easy to graduate. So, yeah, there are pros and cons. Thank you, thank you for sharing those interesting uh, start, interesting information. And uh, let me find the last uh, bullet out of the rapid fire. What is one fantasy gadget? Of course, I think this question is uh, not relevant to you, so I will uh, ask a different question. <laughs> I usually ask fantasy gadget. You are already able to build a gadget, um, uh, okay, in the medical field. But my question would be: If you were given an option to uh, pick a super strength, what would it be? I imagine in the future, like a hologram device which can like watch your screen from the like from the smartwatch will appear which replaces the iPhone or smartphone. So you can just put the bottom on the smartwatch and then like imaginary screen will show up and we can tap the bottom to do tasks or other things. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to build that too but somebody's yeah someday will develop I think. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's quite uh, interesting. Great rapid fire, Kazu. Now let's flip back to the mainstream. And uh, before I let you go, one final question for today's conversation. What will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make begin their careers or lives? You can pick either of them. Maybe my advice is um, reflect carefully on your inner self feelings, including including your past interests, to find out find out what you really want to do. So um, once you find it, focus focus on the things without being distracted by other values like yeah so yeah try to find what you really want to do it's very difficult but. Mm-hmm. yeah quite quite uh, profound advice and uh, thank you so much and kazu i really appreciate you taking time and sharing the insights on our platform thank you so much you're welcome thank you very much all right so pleasure to host you kazu and uh, folks before we move into the trivia section, here is a request as always. In case if you haven't subscribed to us, please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from. Also, if possible, please provide a review or rating in case if you are listening it on Apple Podcasts. If you are listening it on Spotify, please do follow. Thank you so much in advance. Now, let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode. Today's trivia is about Japan. Like uh, we heard lot of good information about uh, Japan climate and education system from Kazu. I would like to share a few more facts about Japan. And uh, about 57% of uh, people living in Tokyo use the public transportation. And that percentage 
compared with the population creates massive commuter struggles in fact most of the railways operate at a 199% over capacity which forces people to smash their faces against windows to squeeze inside the city even hires transit pushers to stuff bodies into subway cars during the rush hour likewise uh, <laughs> in fact i've co- i've come across multiple uh, videos as well and yeah probably uh, kazu might uh, <laughs> share his experience as well <laughs> yeah i also had those experiences many times and um, even after the covid yeah so yeah. that it's called pushers yeah so <laughs> if you want to experience that yeah you should come to japan <laughs> <laughs> During the uh, summer time, it was like disastrous uh, because it's too humid and hot. So yeah, I I, I get it. So that that's uh, an interesting and an astonishing fact about Japan. And folks, in case if you have loved this episode, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues. All right. So this is your host Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Thank you so much for joining me. And that's all for today. Until next time, bye bye. See you all in the next episode.